Hey everybody, and thank you for joining me on this seed session. I am Theo and Timothy, but I jumped. So I am about to do Timothy chapter six, and I wasn't going to read the whole chapter, but then I'm like, why not Talisha? Because you don't think like normal people think. So let me just go ahead and jump in. It starts off by saying, all who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. And I'm going to halt right there. Only because here's where my thought process is different. I know that they use certain scriptures to validate slavery. But when I read this, I read at a bigger picture only because certain scriptures were used to validate. When I read about slaves and different things like that, that slave, quote unquote, word can be a slave in a marriage. It could be a slave on a job like you're basically a slave to your job. And if you think about the different relationships you've had at work, you usually tend to navigate, depending on how mature you are, right? You tend to navigate towards other like-minded people, people who are believers like you. So then it's saying like to me, okay, so my master is a believer. And so if I think about the different supervisors that I had, like a lot of my supervisors were believers. And our work relationship went good. And so we didn't speak against um, God and the doctrine and things like that because we were on the same page. Now, some situations you may have supervisors that are non-believers and might always have little snark remarks or just different things to say or the atmosphere at work is chaotic. And sometimes that missing piece can be Christ. When you go into your home in relationships, you are indebted to your spouse. And people might don't like the word slave, but you're slaves to one another. It's a, a partnership. It's a relationship. And the word choice slave is just a bad word choice in itself. But if you look at it through the lens that I'm looking at it through, then some of you may understand, some of you may want to argue, but one thing I don't do is argue scripture. Let me keep going. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. You ever had conversations with people that know it all, like they knowledge got them everything and they are just against everything that you say or they challenge everything that you say. 
sometimes you look at them like, oh, you just don't get it. You don't understand nothing I just said. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, strife, abusive language, and evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth, deprived of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. I always say people should get to a place of contentment. It's not that you're giving up. It just means that a lot of worldly stuff don't matter. And you've come to the fact that you have no control over this. You didn't create us. We were put here. And now I'm just content. Lord, let your will be done. For we have brought nothing into this world. We came here naked is what they say. So we cannot take anything out either. The same thing that we all, everybody, came into the world with nothing. And we're going to leave out with nothing. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Lord, I thank you for feeding me. Lord, I thank you for clothing me. Lord, I thank you for the roof over my head. Wherever I am, if I had a car and I lost it, Lord, I still thank you because you gave me a fulfillment for when I did. And if I would have appreciated it, then I would have got my oil changed. Then I would have paid my car payment. Then I would have did all these things to be able to hold on to it. You know, I would have worked the way I needed to work. I would have saved the way I needed to save so that I would be okay. Now, don't get me wrong. Life happens to the best of us. It's supposed to. We live in a sinful world. It goes on to say, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. People out here chasing money, they get it, they sell off everything so that they can move up the ladder. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with so many griefs. So now that you have all of this money, you know, let's take Buddha to to just throw somebody else out there. Take Buddha. Buddha was rich, had everything in the world, but could not understand why. He couldn't understand why I have all of this stuff and some of these people have nothing. And so he was stricken. He gave it all away and said, I'm just going to do my worship and I'm going to be content and I'm going to be and and praise God for what I got. And it is what it is. And a lot of people got like that. Many people throughout the Bible, many people you see and know had it all and was just like, whatever I'm doing, I'm happy with what I got, the little bit that I got. You don't see them homeless people complaining. They get up every day with a routine and they are content with what they have because they have stuff and life knocked them down. And some of them got forced to be in a predicament that they in and they are still happy. You see them, they happy. You very seldom see a homeless person arguing 
and crying. I don't know what people do behind closed doors, but when you go out there and you shake hands with them and you talk to them and you bless them, they are grateful, sincerely, wholeheartedly. He goes on to say, but flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. You, my friend, were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. People are watching you. They're watching what you say. They're watching how you move. They're watching the things that you do. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus, Christ Jesus, who testified the good confessions before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandments without strain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in an unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see. Many people say they saw God, but the word tell you that the light is unapproachable. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Instruct those who are rich. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Instruct those who are rich. This is Paul talking to us. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us, you and me, with all things to enjoy. He will give it and he will take it away. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Old Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, to us, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. Because people who are quote unquote educated, super smart, always say they know. But I always tell everybody the word was imparted or inscripted in your heart 
husband's birth, it was planted there. So you know, no matter what, no matter who you come up against, and throughout your studies and throughout life experiences, you're learning along the way. So then you have a conversation with somebody that just know everything and want to go back and forth with you and argue about certain things. What you know is not up for debate. What you believe is not up for debate. You know, we can listen to others and we could take, that's like somebody <laughs> prophesied to you and you don't believe none of what they're saying. And somebody else might come along and you might say, okay, I received that nugget. But the rest of that stuff, no, nah, that ain't for me. That's for somebody else, right? Or whoever you was talking to yesterday. But, but that one ain't for me. So you just have to be open and be mindful all in the same breath. And sometimes that can be confusing, but you have a spearman on the inside of you that that will help you get centered and not swaying to the left or to the right. You know when God's word is speaking to you and you alone. This podcast might be speaking to you and you alone. But I always use words like we and us because we are a team trying to get to that final destination. And so... As always, trust God, believe, get you some unchaotic time, do a work on yourself, and as you mature in Christ and you learn more and more and more about Christ, you will too become to a place of just being content, meaning being thankful for what you have. Yeah, I could go out here and better myself and do different things. That's great. Absolutely fine. But you, if you doing all that work and you're not content in it, there will always be an issue. That's in relationships. That's at your job. It's wherever you are. That's like getting married to somebody who always got to go shopping. And the more money they make, the higher the stuff costs. And then they still not happy with what they buying and they could have got something else and they always complaining. Well, they not content with what they have. And sometimes we got to watch out with what we saying and what we doing because God will remove it all from us because of these little moments of you not being content with what you got. I got a roof over my head. You know, I got a job that I could go to. I got a car that I could drive to get there. I don't lack anything. You know, and I'm grateful in all moments. I try to help out when I can. You know, I do my best. My foundation is good. And I move with my heart. And so a lot of people don't do that. And whose midst are you in? You got to start watching that. <clears throat> what rooms are you going into? Is people out to get you? Or are they truly for you? And as you grow and you mature, those people will start falling off. Because mentally, you just don't have the capacity to deal with them because you're not there. And sometimes you'll give your time to those people because your heart told you to. Oh, they needed you. But then when they don't, you will shut down again and get back into that place. Because if you're not spiritually fed and and supercharged, then you're no good to nobody else. And so I leave you with this. Do a work in you. But as you do that work, ask God for wisdom and understanding. Ask for that clarity. But be careful when you get it and don't be afraid. 
fear not because God is always with you. And on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace.